Hello? Hello? It is I, and I am back! Yo, what up, man? What's poppin'? It's man, Dean Edwards. We're in the building once again, people! As the music comes in right about now. Bring in the horns! <laughs> I just love how James Brown used to do that. <laughs> horns! And you'd have to say, D'Angelo does that on uh, on Sugar Daddy. His uh, his uh, new track off his uh, his most recent album. Uh, he's gonna be in concert. Anyway, yo, Shaman Dean Edwards. Oh shoot, I just saw my boy uh, Leonard Robinson in the commercial for Drive Time, which I have no idea what that is. But good for you, Leonard. Congrats, fella. Residuals, the gift that keep giving. We're here for another episode of the Father Muck Protocol, man. Uh, as always, much love to all my fams that listen, uh, support, and tell a friend, you know, and hopefully you get some insight or information uh, from the depths and trenches of the comedy realm, both in the realm of Hollywood. As well as the trenches of the road, man. Um, yeah, I'm here, man. As always, you know, subscribe. Like, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Go go check out a previous episode after you listen to this one, man. I think you will be pleasantly surprised, entertained, and perhaps informed. One never knows, do one. Um, you know, uh, follow me. All things Dean Edwards. Follow Dean Edwards. I'm speaking in third person. Follow me at I am Dean Edwards on all things, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's that Instagram thing or the Twitter thing or uh, even uh, Facebook. But you got to like Facebook.com slash uh, I am Dean Edwards. Something like that. That's the fan page, man. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm over 5,000 uh, friends. I'm popular. And the ill part is you probably only know about 70 of those people, personally. But hey, it is what it is. Whatever the hell that means. Yo, um, getting ready to roll out. Back on the, uh, on the proverbial road for a long stretch. Going back to sea. But before I go to sea, I'm, uh, I'm gonna put a bunch of these in the can. So that you all are kept up to date with, uh... With the Father Muckin' Protocol. Apologize because I think last time... We lost some listeners over that, too. I noticed the numbers uh, dipped. Because um, uh, one of those episodes when I was on the boat, we had... Uh, we, we released we released the episode instead of Monday. It took, like, two days, so we didn't get it out till like, Wednesday. And I had no idea. You, you know, you lose people. People come to expect you a certain day, and then you don't give it to them. They're like, well, you know what? I look better off going. I'm going to move on. Let's go listen to another podcast. Forget you, Dean. We don't need you. We don't need you. Um, as it stands right now, all oh, acquaintance be... You know what? It hit me recently. I really am terrible at learning uh, lyrics to songs. Any of y'all like this? I'm, I'm really bad. You know what it is? I think I'm a lazy listener. I listen for harmony and melody, 
and lyrics, unless it's actually like rap, lyrics are secondary, which is weird, right? I mean, usually with rap, especially if it's like a cypher, people spitting, I'm listening for punchlines. Um, I've recently become uh, a fan of my man, uh, what's his name, Murder Book, he's a battle rapper, which is which is interesting because um, my boy Sidney Castillo, I know he's a big fan of the uh, of the battle rappers and um, even my man Kyle Grooms. These are very funny uh, comedians. You should all go uh, take a gander at. They're really funny. Check out their their bodies of work uh, respectfully. Um, but they they're really big into you know the battle raps and um, I guess the battle rap world. And so I know usually if I go online, go to YouTube or whatever. And I type in, uh, like, say, say Murder Mook in this case. I'll then just go to zone out because I want to see who's spitting what and who's bringing that, who's bringing that heat, son, who's bringing that fire. So um, I listen to rap lyrics, but then other songs, songs you know and have heard for years. Like, I just, I was just singing, what's that, All Lang Syne, uh, which is a song that, for those that don't know, people usually sing... Uh, to uh, you know, end one year and bring in the new year, and I usually only know the first couple of words of a song or first couple of words of a you know like let all the acquaintance be forgot, <laughs> and that's where that's that's where it stops. Once it gets to that point, you're gonna hear me just harmonize. Let all should no, it should all the acquaintance be forgot. Blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, Lang Syne. Oh, sing. The the one part you know you sing extra loud. <laughs> you sing that part. You mumbling. Lang Syne. I'm bad like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the song, if it's, if it's uh, something where the lyrics aren't like ring, like, uh, ring around the rosy. That's easy because it's it's simple, and it's a song you learn when you're when you're four years old. You're three, four years old. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. But like uh, like Stevie Wonder to this day, I don't think anybody knows all the lyrics to Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday, which some people would call the Black Happy Birthday. Um, a lot of you probably familiar with it and don't even you know Happy Birthday to ya. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And that's all we know. And then you loop it. Happy birthday. But there's a whole song. There's like two or three verses to this particular song. And no, I Stevie Wonder is probably like, no, I, you know, I, I, I used to know the words when I, when I first wrote the lyrics, but now I just sing happy birthday to you. Happy I don't know, like it's Happy birthday! See, you sing loud. The part you know, the part you know is extra loud. Sorry, Stevie, just a bunch of, and and I do that all the time. It's not even a bad habit. I don't think it's a bad habit because I'm very musical. Music, uh. Keeps me, it keeps me happy. I sing because I'm happy. 
I sing because I'm free. That's where it ends. Um, sorry. See? I keep doing that. I don't mean it, but I keep doing that. Why do you, why do, you do that, Dean? Why don't you learn the words? I don't know. I just think that way. I think that. See, and that's how. That's what's funny. This this give you a, a, a mild understanding of my own psychosis, because yeah, I'm one of those people that if a word pops in mind, it's filed under a song. So I think I I think I just said I think, and automatically I thought I think that I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. That was on, uh, and I'm going to tell you how I know this song, uh, episode of The Little Rascals. Some of y'all are probably too young to even know what the heck The Little Rascals are. But if you know uh, Eddie Murphy's Buckwheat, uh, that was based on a character, Buckwheat, from the Our Gang uh, original um, Little Rascals, I guess, uh, comedy uh comedy was it a sitcom would it be considered a sitcom uh cereals they, they were just cereals like they called them cereals not like captain crunch uh cereal or, or frosted lucky charms the magically delicious pink hearts yellow moons orange stars green clovers blue diamonds and purple horseshoes i have a lot of unnecessary information stored in uh in my cerebellum um, there might be someone out there that's like, actually, uh, that particular information wouldn't be in the cerebellum. It'll be in the medulla oblongata. Uh, honestly, people, r really? Are you really going to analyze where it's stored? Anyway, yeah, that's another, I think that I shall never, I think Alfalfa sang it. I think that I shall never say... A poem as lovely as a tray. And that's where it ends for me. And then it's la 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 la. And I'm, I'm singing it this way because this is how Alfalfa really sang. Alfalfa was, what was funny about the character Alfalfa was this dude, he really thought he could sing, but was terrible. <laughs> Alfalfa couldn't sing. Hey, it was bad, and I just have so many just random songs from the the 30s stuck in my head. Uh, yes, we have no vanilla. How about some tutti frutti for cutie? Hey, Mister, what's that, Mister? Have you any vanilla today? I'm sorry, man. I I. I I really uh, want you to know there is a point to all this. I, I just haven't found it yet. <laughs> I'm being some in a silly mood right now, man. I really, I really am. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. So anyway, so, so I'm back. Um, oh, you know what? Big up my boy, uh, Joseph Essie. Go check out his, his podcast, The Callback. Not to be confused with Lisa Kudrow's The Comeback, which, on a side-side note, uh, The Comeback, good good TV show. They brought it back nicely. They just had, I think it was the series finale. The Comeback is a show that, uh, I want to say it premiered on HBO back in 2000, I want to say 06, I believe, 2006. I always was a big fan, or always have been a big fan of of uh, entertainment that 
gives a, a behind-the-scenes view of the entertainment industry. And that could be anything from, say, Gary Shandling's The Larry Sanders Show, which I know Vessi's a big fan of, um, to Lisa Kudrow's Comeback. Another good show, uh, anyone that ever was curious about about the world of extras and background um, actors, Ricky Gervais had this really good show. They only did two seasons. And I always like that about Gervais' shows because they're only, they're only about two, maybe three seasons, which is nice because he goes out on top making you miss the show versus you saying, okay, they need to end this show. It's going on far too long. But extras, extras is about exactly what it sounds like the world of background actors and extras very funny show um very very uh very underrated that was a good show comeback anyway back to the comeback the comeback is about uh kudrow plays a, a character valerie cherish it's a really funny show valerie cherish she was on a sitcom back in the 80s or 90s and now keep in mind the time this came out. This came out early early millennium, you know, oh oh five, oh six, and reality television was not what it has become. Whereas now now people actually you know look forward to doing reality programs, you know, because it can offer you a a new life as uh an entertainer, whatever type of entertainment you do, whether you're an actor or a singer, or, uh, you know, comedians, I guess, uh, or, um, you know, chef, cook, you know, so many people will go do Celebrity Apprentice, or, or Dancing with the Stars, because all, all these shows do, these, these reality shows do, is give you another opportunity to keep your face out there, and the, the detriment to doing them, I think, is that it can make people, uh, it takes the attention off whatever your actual original talent or skill set is, and you, became, you become a character. So, Bruce Jenner, Olympian, you know him from the Wheaties box back in the 70s, he's the decathlete, and now he's, he's become this... Uh, Dare I say a a, a laughing stock or a, a joke? Because now you know him as Mister uh, Mama Kardashian's boo. You know, parent of a bunch of children whose names start with the letter K, <laughs> and and is which is unfortunate because that doesn't diminish that this man was at one point this world-class athlete, but now you pay more attention to the fact that he looks like a uh, a man stuck in a, or a woman stuck in a man's body uh, that's trying to escape, which which reminds me of uh, this show called Transparent that uh, Jeffrey Tambor just won a Golden Globe for. He plays, uh, I guess, uh, a, a transsexual. Is it transsexual? Or transvestite? Which is it? Trans, trans. Well, he's a man that dressed like a woman, but he's really, I guess, it's saying he's a woman that he just was born a man. It's always uh, very, very interesting dynamic. That's a, oh, that's a whole nother uh, discussion, isn't it? 
Um, so back to the comeback. Kudro plays this uh, character, this actress who who um. You know, she yearns to be back in the spotlight, so she gets cast on the sitcom. But whereas before she was the the young starlet slash ingenue of the show, now she's older, and there's a new new crop of young faces that are introduced on a TV show called Room and Board. So she plays uh, the the woman that keeps the boarding house called Aunt Sassy, and Aunt Sassy wears those awful Kmart's. Uh, windbreaker sweatsuits that that you only see old people wearing uh and as part of her quote-unquote comeback she has a reality show tied into the sitcom that follows her and follows her really her strive to becoming relevant on television again now the show got canceled after one season it didn't last it only lasted one season i thought it was brilliant because i uh i think valerie cherish was a was a funny character i thought lisa kudrow did a great job really committing to this particular character and her flaw her her flawed existence trying to always please everyone except for herself because she was caught in this bubble of uh, making everyone love her instead of just being who she really was, which is what the whole idea of the the reality show was supposed to capture: how she was being phony instead of showing, letting her true self uh, come into view. So, what wound up happening with the show? Show got canceled. I bought the DVDs as soon as uh, as soon as they came out back in '06, '07, and have watched them for years. I remember my buddy uh, Ian Edwards go check out his podcast, Soccer Comic Rant, also available on um, on all things comedy. Um, Ian made a good point. He said, man, you know what? reason I can't really get with this, this show anymore, I liked it initially, but the problem with the show is it's hard to root for someone that's not rooting for themselves because Valerie Cherish, Lisa Kudrow's character, always wound up... Uh, letting people run over walk all over and eventually i understood ian's point you did get sick of seeing people walk all over her and her not standing up for herself but lo and behold in the beauty of uh of the modern era of television and, and entertainment the show created like this uh this following online uh through um you know HBO Go and uh, online streaming services like Netflix and became this cult classic. And in an odd twist of fate, HBO renewed the show for a second season this past fall. And it uh, I think they aired eight to ten episodes. But instead of instead of going into, um, I guess, possibly doing a season three, they ended season two. This this most recent season, uh, showing that Valerie had evolved and knew the important things of life, which were family and loved ones. I think, and I think, I think the series ended. I could be wrong. That could have been the series finale. But I guess they also leave it open enough that if they want to revisit the world of Valerie Cherish and her and her beloved sleuth characters. It's uh it was an open ended uh 
finale so that if it was successful, they can go ahead. Oh, don't get it twisted. Hollywood will always find a way to milk an idea. And if, if the show was successful, they can do another season. Um, so yeah, back to my, back to my original side note. <laughs> I do, I go in such tangents. Um, Vessi, Vessi's, uh, podcast is called the callback not the comeback but the callback y'all go check it out subscribe it's on uh soundcloud and uh check out his um his his youtube channel but um i actually listened to it was a three-parter and i you know what and i never have a problem telling people uh or directing people towards other people's podcasts when I think they're entertaining, when I think there's something worth listening to that you you all might be able to pull some uh some valuable insight out of. So um check out his podcast. Obviously I did an episode, but I'm not even telling people go listen to that one. I'm telling people go listen to uh the the Larry Moss episode. Actually episodes because it was a three parter. It's actually taking me that long. I started listening to episode one months ago and and then i got sidetracked because um because i live in an add era uh but uh no man and larry moss acting coach to um a lot of a-list uh actors from uh leonardo dicaprio which i appreciate uh vessi deciding that he was going to call dicaprio leo <laughs> like they tight um uh, Larry Moss's work with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, oh, a bunch of Oscar nominees and and winners. DiCaprio, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, fudge, Hilary Swank for for Boys Don't Cry, and I think Million Dollar Baby, and a, a, a slew of many other talented uh, performers. Great, great interview. Dude sounds very uh sounds like an interesting character. I actually uh I'm actually thinking about um taking taking his acting class. Uh it never as as an actor, as any performer, you all should know, it never hurts to take a refresher course and why not work with someone that that has is proven to be successful in in his field. And what I one thing I I really uh enjoyed about his um his discussion was he he wasn't so much just talking about being uh you know acting and and being in the moment and and uh you know using actual uh events from your life to draw from to uh tap into emotions that you might feel or necessary scene might call for but he was he was talking about just people's humanity and that's that's uh he seems like really interesting character so uh well well done mr vessi joseph's joseph's had a bunch of uh impressive um i guess impressive guests man you know he he finds a way he's uh you know from from uh an oscar uh an oscar coaching acting teacher to um to Adam Sandler's uh, co-writer Tim Hurley, he's last director. Uh, uh, Chris Rock and Barry Sobel, of course, and and and, and Neil Brennan and, and my man Godfrey. 
somebody was just uh someone just said to me when I was in Denver, like man, you oh my man Phil. Phil, he's like one of the managers at the Denver Improv. He was like, yo, you remind me of Godfrey, which I take as a compliment because that's, that's my man. Godfrey's a good dude, and he's a funny dude, so I appreciate it. Also, big up to uh, the entire crowd out there in uh, in Denver that came out to the Improv this last weekend, man. It was it was, it was was fire, son. Crowds were awesome. I had, I had a blast. I had, I had a blast. Why is Barbara Streisand's The Way We Were? I don't know why that just popped in my head. But it did. It did It did come to my head. Don't ask me why. But it did. You feel me? You understand? Can you overstand uh, exactly what I am saying? Talking to you? Just doing like a weekly recap. Going over what else uh, happened. What I did uh, this week. Oh, you know what? The, the nightly show. With Larry Wilmore just premiered. Uh, Got a shout out, my man uh, Mike Yard, Big Mike Yard, East New York's own Mike Yard uh, had his deb- debut. Mike uh, had a nice post I saw on uh, Facebook. He said, "And yo, Mike always sounds like this." Mike was like. Yo, son, I've been doing this twenty years, and I finally got an opportunity. He he's a uh, he's a uh, I guess a cast uh, correspondent slash writer on uh, Larry Wilmore's The Nightly Show. Very happy and proud of Mike. Mike, uh, you might have heard us mention Mike in the past because when we had uh, either uh, the Black Writer episode, my man Mark Theobald, or the uh, one of the Rick Younger episodes because we all were in a, uh, a comedy troupe uh, called Sold Out Comedy. We used to do these shows. And so, you know, that's that's like fam right there. You know, we've know we've all known each other long enough that you know you root for and are proud of your people when they get an opportunity to shine. And Mike had a nice uh, nice shine on I think the second episode that aired where he was talking about uh, Bill Cosby's response to a heckler. <laughs> it was actually real funny. If y'all get a chance. Yeah, check it out. It was, uh, that was a good episode. Good, good episode, and uh, and and good on you, Michael, for making us proud. Hopefully, they'll win an Emmy. It's always funny. That's what's what's funny about uh, businesses. You can go from zero, go I go zero to a hundred real quick, real quick. Uh, you know, cause Mike, you know, rewind a couple months, and he's just like every other working comic out here. And now he uh, he's he's on a show that that you know slid in the slot of um, of Stephen Colbert. Stephen Stephen Colbert. His name is Stephen Colbert. <laughs> and and you know it's funny. A lot of people don't. I thought about this recently. Uh, between really like the Daily Show, the Daily Show. Uh, has over over probably the last decade has become another I guess pool of of talent that the industry draws from when they want funny people you know because you 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 know you go um, let's see you had uh, obviously John Stewart but then Stephen Colbert and then uh, what's his name John Oliver. Oh man, uh, Wyatt Cenac, 
geez, um, um, there, oh, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And, and it, I guess it reminds me of how SNL was back in the days because did SNL, you then wound up just being sort of, uh, it was almost like the um, baseball team's farming system for the, for the rest of Hollywood. Hollywood was like, oh, you know, we need funny people. We'll, we'll uh, just use people from SNL. Uh, we'll use people from fill-in-the-blank uh, comedy ensemble show. Uh, you know, Second City T- CTV. Or, uh, you know, remember not necessarily the news. Anyone? Anyone? Does anyone remember? Not necessarily the news. It was funny. It was a funny show. Uh, <laughs> remember there was a show on Showtime called Bizarre. That's the first time I saw uh Super Dave, Super Super Dave Osborne, uh, which many of you might actually recognize him from um, from ha, from Curb, from Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David and my man JB Smooth. My CJB, you know what? Actually, may as well tell y'all. I um, uh, I cannot the SN. I just found. SNL is having, it's funny, I just saw a commercial for it. SNL is having the 40th anniversary celebration um, in February. It's coming up, all you SNL fans, y'all make sure you check that out. Uh, They sent the invite a couple of weeks ago, and I had actually sent an RSVP saying that I can make it. Knowing that there was a possibility, I could not. I cannot. I won't be there. I'm actually. I'm actually kind of bummed about it, man. Because well, life and reality goes on, and uh, I was already booked to uh, to do this this doggone gig, this cruise ship, and I'm not pissing on. I'm like, you know what? You 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 make your decisions, and you gotta stand by them. Uh, I'm I'm getting paid. <laughs> I'm getting paid well to do this cruise gig, and and I gotta, you know, bills bills need to be paid, man. And as much as I would love to go in and toss it up with uh with not only um my former castmates, but just you know castmates from the forty years of this historical show, uh, I cannot, I cannot beat. I am telling you, <laughs> excuse me. Um, don't you, am I the only one that, uh, that gets annoyed? It's not even so much annoyed, but I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, I was reading an article and it used the word, this wonder kind, wonder kind, wonder kind. I think, I think, is that German? It might be German. And in my mind, I was like, well, why are you, why not just saying, they're exceptional. Why? Why Wonderkind? That and Uber. Oh man, is is I mean, I guess it's the the equivalent of when when I use uh you know uh, hip hop jargon. I'm like, yo, this dude was was mad talented. It's the same way of saying Uber talented. But I guess Uber Uber being a different language. When did it become the norm to just borrow different words? from uh other languages 
And uh, and you got to wonder, how did we choose that one? How did we decide, you know, we're going to go with Uber. We'll go with Gesundheit. Uh, we'll go with Wunder, Wunderkind. Uh, but other words don't make the cut. I actually sometimes, because sometimes you get annoyed when, when some, maybe I'm just being uh, hypersensitive. I probably am. But you know, you're just talking to someone and they just suddenly start talking another language. You're like, man, how you doing? Man, hey, hey, girl, how you doing? They're like, eh, uh, eh, 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 esta bien. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, you're not, you're not Spanish. <laughs> you're Ethiopian. When did, when did we arbitrarily just decide we're going into different languages? Anyone? No, just me. Does that annoy you too? Are we similar? We have so many similarities. We're so similar. Anywho. So I can't, uh, I, I, you will not see me uh, at the uh, SNL 40th anniversary celebration, which uh, which takes place and airs, I think it's a three-hour special, on February 15th. The uh, the new manager, he actually was like, well, is there any way you can, uh, you can uh, maybe just take a day or two off? But doing this cruise gig, it's not like I can just, I'll be right back. I'm going to leave for the day, but I'll be right back. You know, you're at sea, so there's no way for me to get back on the ship. Uh, and then they're not going to let me miss a couple of days to go uh, play with your, your little celebrity. Yeah, you, you want to go play with Will Ferrell? Is, is, that what is that what you're saying? No? What about Tracy Morgan? Dean, I'm going to miss you there, Papa. You should come out. I actually, I, I'm actually disappointed that i'm gonna miss hanging with like tracy and, and seeing will and uh you know just you miss everybody everybody you haven't seen in a while you know i haven't seen geez anna gosteyer and i we uh i think last time i saw anna it was for shrek the musical the first workshop she worked on it uh for the first workshop and Anna, and great to see uh maya and uh, Rachel Dretch, Dretch always, <laughs> Dretch was funny because she has, anytime you walk past, you just, hey, <laughs> that was her, that was our greeting, hey, um, and uh, and Chris Catan, because Chris is just weird, weird bundle of energy, but a good dude, and uh, and Horatio, because <laughs> Horatio, Horatio Sands is 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 now uh, is a sex symbol, man. This dude lost weight, you know. He, he, he now looks like his last name should be Banderas, with with multiple R's. His his name should be Horatio Banderas, aka Raj. Uh, and Seth and uh, I gotta call Jeff and see. I'm curious if Jeff Richards is going, and Amy, and and even you know what? Even even more importantly, man, I was looking forward to going. Because, okay, so put it this way, there have only, there have probably been less than, okay, in 40 seasons, I'm going to say there have been less than, less than, less than 200, I could be wrong, but I don't think there have been more than 200 cast members on the show, right? And then, out of those two hundred, I, I I should actually do the math. I'm curious how many cast members have ever. 
And I mean, because they're, they're people that have been cast members that a lot of people don't even realize were cast members, you know. So, like, Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall, um, who were staples of John Hughes' teen angst movies of the 80s, from Weird Science to 16 Candles, you know. Um, these these cats, I think, might have been the youngest cast members ever on Saturday Night Live. And uh, and so I'm I, now that I didn't even think about that. I'm curious to see if they'll actually show up if if they're invited and if they will show up because we always think of you know the 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 main players, but then pff, there are a lot of people on SNL or a lot of people on the walls of uh, SNL whose headshots are on that wall because uh, on the 17th floor as you walk towards the writers' offices, if if they haven't changed the layout and I doubt that they have. As you're walking up the hall to the the writers' room, um, every headshot of every cast member that's been on the show uh, lines that hallway, which is which is actually dope, man. That's that's that was always a dope feeling to walk down that hallway and pass Belushi's headshot and Dan Aykroyd and Garrett Morris and Eddie Murphy and Damon Wayans. You know, a lot of people don't even realize Damon was on the. Damon looked older back. In the 80s when he was on SNL than he does now. Like, he looks very young because he shaved his head versus when he was on SNL and had the George Jefferson hole in his natural. <laughs> um, so, you know, to be part of that number of, uh, that handful of people that were on the show over the last 40 years is an honor. But then uh, there's to be one of a handful of black cats that have been on the show and I'm going to guess that there've been maybe 15 let me see if I let's let's see if we can run run down the list let's see Garrett Morris Eddie Murphy uh Denitra Vance uh Damon Wayans uh Chris Rock Ellen Cleghorn Tim Meadows Tracy Morgan Jerry Miner, Maya Rudolph, me, Dean Edwards, Finesse, uh, uh, Keenan Thompson, uh, let's see, Jay Farrell, Sashir, I don't know her last name, and Leslie Jones and Michael Shea. So they've only, they've been, it, I think, and y'all could check my math if I'm, Incorrect. I apologize. That's seventeen people. There only there've only been seventeen black cats. Or if you if you if if you want to be slick, you could say sixteen and a half since Maya is biracial. There've only been sixteen point five. I'm going to just say seventeen. You always round up in mathematics. Um, there've been seventeen black people on the show, and so to to be amongst that number is not only an honor, but I cherish that because I'm like yo, say what you want. I was one of 17 in 40 years, yo. That's, that's kind of hot. I'm feeling myself. I'm doing a crip walk right now. Um, and I, I think it would have just been cool to be there to, to take that picture. Oh, you know what? Uh, can you come back in like an hour? Thank you. So as y'all just heard right there, I'm in a hotel room and uh, housekeeping just knocked. Um, so, so sorry, y'all, uh, that, uh, that you had to hear that. 
Didn't she realize I was flowing? How dare she do such a thing? Do you fear death more than you fear me? That was from a cartoon in the 80s, and I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. So anyway, yeah, man, going to have to miss it, but I, I was looking forward to 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 not only the just the big cast shot a big 40 year shot of of everyone you know uh both past and present that shows up cuz there's certain people you're like okay you know they're going to show up because like someone like Dan Aykroyd Dan Aykroyd and Lauren A they're both Canadian but B uh they're they're good friends and Aykroyd whenever Lauren needed him um Aykroyd would show up you know um, met him a couple of times on the show. Was always very, uh, very gracious and very friendly uh, to me. Not like that Chevy Chase. Um, you'll expect someone like Chevy Chase will be there. Shoot, I'd even, I, 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 I would uh, expect that someone like uh, Steve Martin. Steve, because there's certain cast members, there's certain people that weren't cast members, but they they were on the show or guested on the show often, or you would see them around there a lot. Like Steve Martin met up. Up there, he came up uh, one time. Dan Aykroyd, we've seen up there a couple of times. Uh, like I said, Chevy Chase uh, came up. I think he was there like my first or second episode. That didn't really uh, go as pleasantly as we'd we'd hoped. Uh, and uh, and and uh, shoot, even someone like Alec Baldwin, who I think has the record for hosting the most times ever. Alec Baldwin, shoot, John Goodman. They're just certain cats that. If the show needed a host, they'd come in uh, and and fill the time. And those hosts were always cool because you felt like you did not have to walk them through the uh, the entire process. Because normally, when new hosts came came through, uh, you know people are very nervous. It's it's a, it's a lot to deal with. You flying without a net, doing doing an hour and a half of live television on a Saturday night. Um, it's it's a lot of pressure, and you know someone like uh, Alec Baldwin, who's a who's an uber professional. Did I just you see what I just did? I used the word uber. Um, yeah, you know Baldwin. Baldwin um uh, was more in the rhythm than cast members would be, just cause dude dude knew the show backwards and forwards and knew knew the rhythm of the, or knows the rhythm of the show. I'm talking like he's not here anymore. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss uh. Not being there. Not going to regret it. You know. Um, this is a number one rule for your set in order to survive. Somebody got to live with regret. No, let me say that again. This is a number one rule for your set in order to survive. Got to learn to live with regrets. On the right to the top, many drop. Don't forget in order to survive. Got to learn to live with regrets. I was just listening to Jay-Z's The Black Album. I think I was at the gym. And I said to Keith Robinson... I didn't realize it then, cause everyone always says Jay Z's best album was uh was the Black Album, or even maybe uh, I think the Blueprint, one or two, uh, and I always say you know what, and still I think I still hold to this. I think Jay Z's my favorite Jay Z album uh, would be Reasonable Doubt. Reason being. I felt like Jay-Z on his first album did what Biggie did on his second album, which was he flipped multiple styles, multiple moods. 
um, on Reasonable Doubt. I always feel like someone's first album is, is really their opus because they've been working hard on this one project for years versus uh, someone's third or fourth album, which they might put together in a matter of months. Um, uh, and then that song, Regrets, um, check it out. It's a dope song. Jay-Z's Regrets is, is uh, it's on his Reasonable Doubt. But when we were at the gym, they played the Black Album. And at one point, I said to Keith Robinson, I said, yo, this, this, this album had a lot of this album had a lot of hits, son. You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes you forget how how um how banging uh an album is, just because I guess you kinda take it for granted uh that that the album had classics, but you don't pay attention to how many classics um are on that album. I'm actually I'm actually pulling up the 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 album track list because I'd like to see I'd like to see uh you know what songs let's see so we had uh well just shoot interlude then you had December fourth with his mom and a funny Jay Z story is that that was a hot record what more can I say uh. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? It's big. That's number four. Change clothes. Pharrell. Uh, if you're feeling like a pimp, hit the gun, brush your shoulders off. Dirt off your shoulder. Threat wasn't a big record. Um, Moment of Clarity wasn't a big record. 99 Problems. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad with you, son. I got 99 problems, but hey, ain't one. Let's go. Uh, damn. This dude had a lot of hits on this. On his album, y'all. I mean, honestly, let's 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 see. Uh, uh, what, Moment of clarity, uh, ninety nine problems. PSA. Uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Um, Justify my thug wasn't a big. Lucifer was a big. Lucifer come in the morning. I'm gonna jail you out of her. You did it again, Kanye. You genius picker. So let's see, that's at least Allure. Allure was eh. My first song, eh. But let's see, I'm going to say Lucifer, PSA, 99 Problems, uh, Dirt Off Your Shoulders, Change Clothes, Encore, What More Can I Say, and Kind of December 4th. That's like seven, eight records off of 14 albums. Most albums only have three or four hot records on them. This dude has seven or eight, so I, I, as time has passed, I can see how people say Jay-Z's best album was the Black Album because, you know, he, he was spitting, but more, more importantly, he had, he had a lot of bangers, a lot of hits on that, on that record, man. That's a good, pretty, pretty solid album there. Um, so back to this SNL thing, man. I'm missing it. Oh, I, I... And I think I'm gonna have to the the the, the night the show airs. I'm gonna have to avoid social media because I don't want to see pictures that I'm not in. Cause that's what that's that's how I'm gonna think. I'm gonna keep thinking to myself, damn, you know what? I should uh I should have been there. I sh I should have been there with my cohorts. You know who does? I want to. You know who doesn't like putting on their tuxedo? You don't get to wear your tuxedo that often. And I got a fly tuxedo, y'all. Let me just say that. 
As a matter of fact, I got it when I was on SNL because there was something we were, uh, they were honoring. They they called us, They this is how you know you're on TV when you just go and spend two G's on a tuxedo because you don't, well, here's what happened. Two times on the show, we had to wear tuxes. The first time, it was uh, the NBC 75th anniversary special, which at one point, Marcy Klein, one of the producers, uh, had actually told me that she might need me to do warm-ups for the key, which was both an honor but nerve-wracking because I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta keep people entertained in between these these uh, bits that everyone's doing. There's a big difference between because I because a lot of comics did warm-ups for SNL, you know, like before I did warm-ups. Uh, I know Jimmy Fallon did did the warm-ups, and he would just come out and entertain the crowd as they were waiting for the show uh, to get started. And so I would do that. I would go out, tell some jokes, or sing Otis Redding, Turn Me Loose, and uh, you know, just keep people's energy up. Uh, then I know, I think JB, when JB was on the show, I know I heard JB used to do warm-ups as well. I'm sure at some point, uh, Farrell probably uh, has done warm-ups, maybe Michael J. Um, now he's on update there, so I, I'm not sure, but... uh. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, they asked me, so they were like, he, he, she called me one day, she's like, so we're having the NBC, uh, NBC 75th, I want you to, you know, do warm-ups. And shout out to Marcy Klein, man, she always, uh, believed in the brother, I always appreciate her for that, much love to her for that. But, um, I was glad, I ain't go front, I was quite content when she said, you know, Lauren thought it would be good just not to have anyone uh, do warm-ups. So I was like, all right, good. Because, you know, every everybody that's been on NBC and had any hit, hit shows has been there from, uh, I remember sitting there, Zach Braff from Scrubs uh, uh, to, you know, Joe Piscopo was sitting with me and Jeff Richards. And then you see, like, the entire cast of Friends and the entire cast of, uh, of The Cosby Show. And uh, it's funny because I remember saying, "Yo, uh, uh, Raven, Raven Simone done filled down a little bit." <laughs> Me and Tracy had fun that night, uh, and seeing like Mr. T in the A Team crew there, you know, it was just it was it was it was a dope night. A little self indulgent, I'll be honest, you know. Um, but what what type of award show or and what in Hollywood is not self indulgent, you know? So I was glad to be part of that. And and the pictures, I mean, the pictures were 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 awesome. You know, it was just it was dope night. So when they told us, they they let us know about it, and they let us know all the cast was um, going to be part of it. They didn't have a tuxedo at the time, so the wardrobe department just uh, you know laced myself and and Seth and Jeff and all of us with uh with tuxes. And I'll never forget. I remember looking. At my pictures, looking at myself in the tux, and then seeing other people with actually their custom custom tux that had been tailored, saying, "You know what? I need to get a tuxedo." And then I just never did. I forgot. But what what wound up happening was a year, maybe a year later, they were honoring Lauren. It's a place across from Grand Central. Uh, that's not the Met, dummy. Well, anyway, they were honoring him there, and we find out, if not Sunday night, we find out Monday morning that they're honoring Lauren uh, on Monday evening, and 
they want all the cast members, the current cast members, to be there. So I'm like, damn, I need a tuxedo. So my man Chris Mazzilli, uh owner and proprietor of Gotham Comedy Club, which y'all can catch me at um, on Easter weekend, actually on Good Friday. I think that's April 3rd and April 4th of this year. Y'all can come check me out and get your get your laugh on NYC style. But uh, Mazzilli, if if you know nothing else about Chris Mazzilli, you know though his eye, he's re- he's very clean. You know, it's my my Italian homie, and he always looks very dapper. And so I called him because I had always always joked with him. I was like, yeah, man, you uh, you got nice sense of style. So he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, anytime you need 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 a suit or anything, just let me know. So I called him. He said, you know what, you got to go to Rothman's uh, in Union Square. Rothman's Union Square. So he set me up, uh, called, uh, you know, the called, called the store, the tailor, what have you, told them my situation. They told me come in and they could, uh, they could, you know, set up my tux for me that day and have it ready, ready for me that evening. So, um, yo, I, th- I think it's, I, I like Hugo Boss for whatever reason. I think it's a Hugo Boss. And, uh, and I was fly. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing, son. I was clean. Um, and I might have worn that tuxedo. I've worn that tux less than 10 times. So as soon as the news came that we were, that they were doing this 40th anniversary, I was like, oh, good. Get to whip out my tux. I hope it fits. I haven't really much my, my my size size hasn't changed. I may be ten pounds heavier than I was uh, when I got that. Um, so yeah, man, you know, I, I I wanted to wear my tuxedo, but I won't get to wear it this time. However, however, I'm very Mel Blank right now, very Bugs Bunny. This time we didn't forget the gravy. Any of y'all remember that? Remember that uh, episode of uh. Looney Tunes. This time, with the with the big dog and little dog. Hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, Spike. You wanna you wanna I should go fetch us a bone? Nah. What? No gravy. Get gravy. This time we didn't forget the gravy. Um. Yeah. So I uh, I I I don't get to wear my tuxedo this time. But guess what? God willing, inshallah, there will be an uh, SNL 50th anniversary. Hopefully we're all still around. We're all still alive, and we'll get to we'll get that photo op then, and I'll be a lot. I'll have I, by then I'll have hosted SNL a couple of times too. That's the plan. If you got a dream, dream big. If you gotta go, go with a smile. So there you have it, people. In a nutshell, uh, make sure you uh, you check out the show when it does air, because I'm sure you will be, if not entertained, you will at least. Um, get to reminisce and go down memory lane. Uh, and then you can fill in the blanks and say, oh, this is the thing Dean was talking about. He's not there, but he's there in spirit. Eh? Uh, yeah, man. So anyway, that's it for today. I've yapped long enough, I think. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. Uh, so yeah, as always in parting, we wish you love, peace, and soul. I want to big up all, all the people that continue to listen and support and comment and, uh, and all the fam, the For the Muckin Protocol fam that uh, make it easy to do this every week, man. Yeah, yeah, much love to y'all. And, uh, hey, man, we'll catch y'all next time. Uh, you know, tell a friend. If you have friends that listen to podcasts, 
tell them to, uh, you know, check out uh, For the Monkin' Protocol on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm still still working on the Stitcher thing. We, 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 it's, it's, it's in the works. That's all I can say. Leave me alone. I'm doing it. But one man, I'm trying. I'm doing what I can. Uh, I guess this lady uh, needs to clean this hotel room. So I stick my head out and make sure she knows that she can come do that. And I'm going to run out uh, and, and uh, maybe I'll get some food, do something. And uh, yeah, man, we'll catch y'all next time on Father Mother Protocol. Catch y'all next week. By the time the next one airs, I will be at sea. Uh, somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. I'm gonna, and that's that's where that's where I lose it. I only know that song because uh, because the kid loved Finding Nemo. Watched it every day, and so I had to watch it every day. That was also a good way to uh, keep your kids from from crying. <laughs> Play Finding Nemo or um, or Baby Einstein. Blah. I am Dean Edwards. I always have been Dean Edwards, man. Two fingers. We'll catch y'all next time, all right? Peace.